back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Tonight is Tuesday, January 26th, 2020. You are listening to Dump on the Ump, ostensibly a baseball podcast. Coming at you from Champaign, Illinois, my name is Joel. With me tonight, as per usual, is Sam. Sam, how's it going? Uh, Hey, Joel. I'm doing well. I'm coming at you from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, My hot take Tonight, I'm going to try to keep it as succinct as possible, but uh, we got in a, we have a joint shared Twitter account that mostly Joel just uses, but we got in a Twitter conversation with these people this week uh, about pizza, and the belief of theirs is that round pizza should be cut into squares, and all of the toppings should go underneath the cheese on these pizzas. And these are normal round pizzas. So you end up with like a bunch of slices of square pizza that's all just like greasy cheese and then a bunch of like weird angled corner pieces that are like all crust. And It's like a lasagna or like... It's thin crust. It's tavern style. It's thin crust pizza. The problem is it's a round pizza cut into squares. Right, which makes it impossible to eat. And then they put all the toppings under the cheese. So you end up with like really soggy, like disgusting waterlogged pepperoni and mushrooms and like slimy nastiness. And so it's objectively insane. And you try (laughs) to talk to these people and be like, there's an obvious and logical way to cut a pizza. And in fact... That's how the entire world cuts around pizza. And they're like, no, no, no. Do your research. That's not true. Do your research. And it's like, I've come to the conclusion, and this is my hot take, is that the square-cut tavern-style pizza people of the Midwest are the QAnon of pizza. Right. Do your own research. Do your research. Right. Go down the rabbit hole. Right. Cut pizza into squares. They're insane. And it's like, (laughs) no, no, please. Like, they're losing family members over this, I'm sure. And they're like, you can't see. You don't know the truth. And I can't speak with you because you don't know the truth. And it's like, please, I want to help you. What you're saying is insane, and there's no satanic cabal of triangle pizza people. (laughs) Right. I got it. This is what you got to do. You got to establish a leader that you know will be disposed or deposed at the right time. So, like, if you can get somebody like Donald Trump and everybody buys in or to them being, like, the leader of this, the person that, let's, like, let's create a person that invented it. You know what I mean? Right. Right. You could say it was just somebody and then invent this person that invented it. Oh, well, yeah. You just have to get them to follow the person off the cliff. And then when they realize that the person isn't really what they think they are, then they all of a sudden are stuck. It's all about getting the cult leader, the leader of the cult, on your side. And then when he dies, Flash goes to prison for, like, having all these 
women in upstate New York that he had made prisoners, like Nexium guy. Well, I mean, the Q people, their biggest mistake was that they set a deadline. You know, they had like, this is when it's this is when it's all going to happen. It's this date, and they did a bunch. They it was an integral to the like the creation <laughs> of the system. But the, their mistake was that they had an end. You know, right. any good grift can has to be up, go on forever. It's really unfortunate that the Pizzagate hashtag already exists. <clears throat> I'm looking back on your Twitter. I've been. I can't find it. I, it, it so I can't really see. I can't. I can't. I can't visualize the it's, mindset of these it's people. It's insane. It's like it's so obviously wrong. Like <laughs> you know, it's like. It's counterintuitive. Well, it, I thought like, you were talking about regular square pizza, and I'm like, okay, I get it, whatever. But, but like that, the concept of like, yeah, I don't know. For some reason, I guess you always have pieces in, in a in a cut like that that are, have no crust, which to me is the defining characteristic of why it's not a correct way to eat a pizza because the crust is integral to the experience and the food itself. Right. So, and it doesn't take a lot of thought to get there. Like a child who had never seen a pizza before. And you I give mean, a I child a pizza and you're like, cut this and eat it. Like, they'll cut it into triangles. <laughs> that might be an interesting experiment. Like, you have, to will, you have to willfully be led in the wrong direction to be like, oh, yeah, I want this ball of grease. And I'm just going to grab it with my hands and, like, try to eat it that way. And then I love this <laughs> shitty crust triangle that's disgusting. <laughs> Right, one guy, oh, I should find this Twitter, but we'll talk about this again. One of them made a video of him, tagged us in it, and it's just him eating the tiny crust at the edge of the round pizza. Right, and these people also went on to talk about how much they liked Lunchables, so like, <laughs> there's that minutes. too. <clears throat> yeah, no, you don't, I, th I think you need to ignore them. <laughs> I know, but I right. just, I want to help them, but they don't want to be helped. They're too and, far gone. <laughs> and it's like, it's not only that they don't want to be helped, they're so sure they're right. Yeah, that's the, that's the problem, yeah. They're like, wake up. And I'm like, no, you're insane. This is so crazy. Just you listen to, to yourself. about it on top of the crock. Right, this will be a top of the crock conversation also. And I, I pointed this out. There is an episode, Sam, from 2017 with Jesse that we did of this podcast where we have the same argument. About square pizza. About square pizza, yeah. But even that was in a context, I think, of like a square, square pizza, right? Right, well, there's Detroit-style pizza, which is good because it's got like the spongy crust and it's a rectangular-shaped pizza. Okay. If it's a rectangular-shaped <laughs> pizza, then you cut, it, you cut it into squares. That's good. That's good. But Detroit-style okay. pizza is also smaller, so that you still have crust all the way around the outside. Yeah. There might be, like, the one, like, tic-tac-toe centerpiece that doesn't have crust sometimes. But the, just the concept... And the crazy thing is that so many people... Like, if they had been like, yeah, it's stupid, but that's, like, the way we do it here traditionally, it'd be like, fine, that's your thing. You know? Whatever. <laughs> Own it as something stupid. Right. Own it as something <laughs> stupid. Like, don't pretend like it's something good. Just be like, yeah, it's dumb, but it's our dumb. That's how we do it. And that's fine. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. you know. I respect that. Yeah. I can respect that. 
But to like somehow say, yeah, the the toppings go under the cheese and the crust is completely ignored as a, a place to hold your pizza is is madness. <laughs> on, on a QAnon level. Right. Right. Yeah. And right. like the defense of it is very QAnon-esque, you know. Yes. They are called these are the pizza they are pizza heretics. They are the QAnon of pizza. Alright, also joining us uh, from Seattle is Thomas. Thomas, how's it going? Uh, it's going good. Nice to be back. Um, my hot take for the night is that uh, if you're not getting paid to take a shit, you're you're a sucker. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is a hot take. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I wish you could have seen Joel's face on this video chat. Uh, yeah, I I'm fairly regular in my constitutional habits and uh i found that i found that if i can work it out it's better for me i was almost late for work today i was like getting ready to leave for work and i was like well there's something going on here so i need to figure this out but then i was like you know what i I, i'm gonna either this is gonna make me late which is gonna cost me money or i could go to work and at some point in the day, whenever the time served me right, there's a, I found a bathroom on a different level, like away from everything, where I can go have my own personal time and I can take care of my whatever business I need to at my leisure while on the clock. Right. And so I took what I figured to be about a $6 poo today, so that was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good call. And I would say one of the perks of working remotely from home, as I am, shit on the clock. See? So, Joel, you two are not a sucker. You are getting paid to poo, my man. And um, I would agree, but when I was had to get, you know, be at work at 7.30, that was always, like, the dilemma, because I prefer shitting in my home bathroom. Yeah, of course. Everybody does. That's the go-to. But, but then it's like, oh, damn, like, I really gotta go to work. <laughs> So you go to work. Well, you go to work and uh, you just hold it in for the first two hours of teaching. And I mean, it obviously has to be the kind of situation where you can kind of dictate the terms of its finality. You know, yeah. like you can be like, right. I know when this is going to end. Yeah. I can predictably make this happen. Yeah. Not the, there is certainly encounters that cannot be avoided. Yeah. Anyway, so that was yeah. I, I had that thought today, and you know, I, I'm keep my company name private, so they don't know how much money I'm. Right. <laughs> yeah. How long are you spending on the toilet on the job? Well, it depends on the day. I'm sometimes dual regular, you know. <laughs> Sam, do you have any comments on pooping at work? Sam works I, in the kitchen. I, I think that you know it's not really necessarily about work, but I think that you know. If you can free yourself of the like kind of away field anxiety, your life will be a million times better, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's there is, there is definitely a truth. To <laughs> like, that. it's nice to have your own sort of space, but at the same time, like, if you want to do your business and you're not at home, like, it's very freeing to just be comfortable taking a shit wherever. That's all I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, no. I, I did not shit in my whole school career at school. I don't think I made, but I, I, I would go home. You know what I mean? Like I, 
Uh, <laughs> so when I when I reach a point of adulthood where I was no longer perturbed or scared or anxious about defecating anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Any, all I would say so is much better. anyone who's at home listening, like if you can get over that, your life will be much improved, like more improved yep. than you would expect it to be. Yes. I will agree with that. Joel, what's your hot take? Well, I'm kind of uh, get a theme of disgusting things to talk about. Uh, guys, we are never getting out Wait. of the pandemic because the Louisiana Classic Wrestling Tournament took place this month at Lamar Dixon Expo Center in Gonzales, Louisiana. Um, over... 20 attendees and student athletes have tested positive for COVID-19. Anyone who attended the tournament should consider themselves exposed to COVID-19. Nearly 1,400 people attended the high school tournament without masks and not social distancing. And it's a goddamn high school wrestling tournament. Those are already disgusting events covered in sweat and spit and people like grabbing each other's groins and screaming and screaming in a high school gymnasium that <laughs> right, like probably hasn't been cleaned in months with terrible air ventilation i'm sure yep and like black mold in the wall <laughs> <laughs> and louisiana man it's oh man louisiana. it's very humid yeah humid <laughs> right. there you go yeah and just filled with body odor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like a high school gymnasium just stinks when you walk into it. You're like, fuck that, but in the middle of a goddamn wrestling tournament. Uh, yeah, so my faith in mankind continues to leave me at an increasing rate. Wait, what's I mean, the hot take, though? That's my hot take, that my faith in mankind has gone down another notch. Oh, wow. Well, two notches if you include the pizza takes anymore, though. <laughs> two, uh, two notches. Yeah. Okay, two notches might make a hot take. Otherwise, it's just life. Yeah. <laughs> Idiots. Oh, yeah, what do you want to do today? Let's go to a high school wrestling tournament with 14 other people. <laughs> you idiots. What are you doing? Well, probably their kids were there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why is the Why are you letting your kid wrestle during coronavirus? <clears throat> That's like the opposite. Like if you were like if it were a tennis tournament, maybe, right? Right. It's far away from the other people in the tennis tournaments. What sport is less socially distanced than wrestling? Right. But if you think about this, well, this is maybe going too far off on the tangent, but Presumably, like presumably, some of these kids were probably trying to get college scholarships. You know what I mean? Right. And like, what do you like? You just cancel their chance at a college education because they can't wrestle in their senior year of high school. Yeah, I, I've had I've talked to the parents of of high school age kids who are like, yeah, they're like, oh yeah, it's gonna be a junior year of baseball, like. That's like when every if you're playing baseball and you want to play baseball going forward, that's when you're trying to impress people or whatever. Yeah, with the high school athletics, yeah, it's it's pretty, and I, I'm sure that's why they did it. Yeah. Unfortunately, 
but I mean, ultimately it's, it's a lack of federal leadership. You know, I mean, local principalities can't make those decisions in the face of the populace, you know what right. I mean? Like people in bumfuck fucking Louisiana, like, yeah, for some of these kids, it's nowhere, nowhere else to go, you know? And these parents are kind of desperate. Everybody's sad being stuck at home. And I, you know, to Joel's yeah. point, I get it. I mean, I think it's, it's about the worst thing you can do, but <clears throat> I just don't think, I don't think local people, the local politics has the power to stop people from doing that in those kind of situations. Right. And so if, there was, if there's no leadership, so it's just going to, and the whole fucking thing's been so mismanaged. If you shut the whole fucking thing down for two months and give everybody all the money they need, you wake up in two months and hopefully you can weather it. And, you know, I don't know, maybe not, but they should have, they should have shut it down bigger and harder and for longer. Okay. Like, I was back at work in three weeks. Replace wrestling with remote Zoom wrestling, which is just a uh, rock, paper, scissors. That's, <laughs> That's good. Or just like WWE for Nintendo 64. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Tyson punch out. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's thinking outside the box. Uh, every day we're like, okay, we got to go quick through the hot takes, but now we're halfway through the show. Um, I want to give a shout out to everybody who listened to us last week. Thanks. Continue to do so. Uh, listen to us on Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating, a review, and a subscription. Uh, shout out Columbus, Ohio, San Francisco, Portland, San Jose, Champaign, Nottingham, England, Norway, Maine, Trumansburg, New York, Fisher, Indiana. That's Jesse. Or yep. Truman book. Is that his job? That's his job? That's where they both live. Does he commute? Let's talk about Jesse's personal life on the podcast. My favorite new one, though. Oh, I got two favorites. Heist Opdenburg, Belgium which is just a cool word to say. And then Pueblo, Colorado. Oh, that's uh, that's that? the psycho uh, representative. Representative, Warren Bobert. Bobert, yeah. 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 The so open, open carry, like, psycho. Yeah, fan of the show, Warren Bobert. <laughs> the show, Lord Bobert. <laughs> oh. Jesus, man. See, I tell you what. Th- that lady cuts her pizza into squares. I can tell you that right now. <clears throat> uh, all right. So thanks for listening. Tell your friends. Uh, continue to listen to the uh, podcast. People are adding notes. And I don't know why they're adding. I'm going to read the first one because we forgot to say which headline we're going to read again. Oh, yeah, that's what I was trying to say there. Yeah, I <laughs> And then I uh, fucked it up. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about some football, ladies and gentlemen. Super Bowl 55, a.k.a. the super spreader of the century, will be in two weeks between the defending champion Kansas City Chiefs and they will be playing against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The game will be played at the Bucks' home stadium in Tampa, which is the first time that's happened in NFL history. The Chiefs open as 3.5-point favorites. Also, 
The NFL has announced that a total of 22,000 fans will be in attendance, including 7,500 vaccinated healthcare workers the league is letting in for free. Question, how American is it of us to show a gratitude to our first responders by infecting them with a disease at the Super Bowl? Well, I think it's maybe pretty American because we're probably they're probably using it as like a testing site to see how well the vaccination is working. They're going to send in like 7500 vaccinated American healthcare workers and like three people that they know have covid and just see what the fuck happens. <laughs> Everybody who's selling like beer in the stands has COVID. Yeah, so really, or they just release it out of the ducts, you know? It's just like, oh, we're just gonna put this out there and see what happens, you know? We have a large sample, you know, high high level athletes, you know, with top peak physical conditioning. Where we have, you know, yeah, that or it's a classic Batman villain move. Where, like, you get all the innocent people in the stadium and then release the plague on them. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the same thing, right? Fairly American government, either way. Right. Um, who you guys like to win this? We were talking before uh, we started that, that, Thomas, you were a little disappointed that it's not Brady v. the Bills. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was hoping for Sam's prediction to come true once it started happening because I was like, oh, man... It's kind of fucking hilarious that the Tom Brady was going to beat the Bills. They were going to lose their fifth Super Bowl to fucking Tom Brady who's been <laughs> tormenting them in the AFC East for like 50, 100 years. And I know. then to lose again to him in the Super Bowl would have been super funny. And, you know, I kind of got into the idea of really rooting for Tom Brady, you know? It's like, fuck it. Like, he's... I guess he wins, you know? He, we're all we're all avatars, and it's Tom Brady's construct. We're just like... <laughs> Okay, he's the he, he he's the goat. He's but uh, now that the Bills aren't involved, I'm I just don't really care enough. The Chiefs are awesome, and I rooted for them last year. I think they're cool. I think Patrick Mahomes is cool, but I'm kind of like I'm always sort of opposed to repeats because I think they're kind of boring. Uh, so I, yeah, I was disappointed. I think that the Chiefs are the better team, kind of by far. Like the Chiefs are like possibly the best like collection of talent that the NFL has seen in like a long time. However, I think that like you don't bet against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl like until you know, he's done. So I'm I'm putting my money on Tampa Bay. Yeah. I think that the, I think that Tom Brady's been the underdog in the Super Bowl almost every single time he's played and has won so many Super Bowls. So I think they like you don't you don't bet against I would him. I wouldn't say they he's been the the underdog in every Super Bowl. No, I wouldn't say every Super Bowl, but I would say a lot of them. Yeah. And I would say that sure. any of the ones that he's lost, they've not been the underdog. Right, against the goddamn New York Giants. Right, and didn't they lose against the Eagles once, too? Yeah, they lost against the Eagles. Oh, and they were heavily favored in both of those. In all of yeah. those, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. They lose the ones they're favored in, and they win the ones they're underdogs. So, yeah, um, you and I talked a little bit about this. Watching that Tampa Bay-Green Bay game, 
Now, Tom Brady threw three interceptions. He did not really have a very good football game against the Packers. Uh, his defense played really good, though. From what I understand, so, it was kind of a, like, tale of two halves. Because I think he, like, threw for three touchdowns in the first half and then threw three interceptions in the second half. Yeah, and he was, really screwed the pooch, too. But he was also, he was, those interceptions were all on balls way downfield, late on late down situations where he was like, it, they were all given up kind of like long bombs down the sideline that ended up at the 30 were effectively punts. And they were all, I think, I think at least a couple of them were on third down. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think that Tom Brady knows that he can throw an interception if it's way down the field and it doesn't look like you're going to get a. You know, it looks like if it looks like you're going to punt anyway, he's going to throw it up and see if he can get a, a pass interference or, you know what I mean, or something right. weird happens. But which he, which he did. This was the killer sequence of the game, in my opinion, was right before halftime. Oh yeah, Tampa Bay's up fourteen to seven. Green Bay's got first and goal, three incomplete passes. They kick a field goal, then. Um, there's rotating interceptions. Tom Brady throws an interception. Now, it looks like Green Bay can take the lead before halftime. Aaron Rodgers throws an interception. And then Tom Brady gets a touchdown. Like with three seconds left in the half, Buccaneers go into the halftime up 21 to 10. It was crazy. Yeah, it was a big swing. Yeah. For sure. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who I'm picking. I think Kansas City's going to win. Yeah. I mean, they do have the more talented team, but you never know. Oh, oh shit, Joel. I, I just said that Kansas City was going to win. They, so. they jinxed them. They jinxed them. All right. Well, we'll see. All right. Um, Sam, you want to talk about baseball? Yeah. Oh, actually, I have one more thing to say, and then I was really close on my Super Bowl predictions, and that's, yep. like, I didn't get it, but it's important to point out because I am – universally so wrong about every single prediction I make. So <laughs> the fact that I was so close, I feel like is a really good accomplishment for me. Congratulations. <clears throat> Thanks. I, thought, I was pretty excited for it when I thought that the, I was, but there wasn't a long period of time when I thought the Bills were going to win that game. Right, Sam, and I, Sam and I were texting and I'm like, the Bills are up 9 nothing, and Sam was really excited. And then I text him two minutes later and I'm like, Kansas City's up 21 to 9. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, all right. Uh, moving on. Baseball. The MLB hot stove simmered a little bit over the weekend. The Boston Red Sox signed free agent and former L.A. Dodger Kiki Hernandez, and they made a deal with the Yankees, a very rare uh, AL East trade, to acquire veteran relief pitcher Adam Odovino. Odovino. Uh, for New York, the deal frees up about $8 million as the Yankees seem to be trying to stay under the luxury tax threshold. The Yankees traded for pitcher Jameson Tillion. Tylon? Tylon, Tylon, further bolstering their rotation of maybes behind Ferret Cole and narrowing the <laughs> path for trash reliever Masahiro Tanaka to return. So the question is, how trash will the Yankees' rotation be this year? Not well, uh, Did they get Kluber? 
Yeah. They got Kluber, yeah. Okay, so I, I actually like Kluber as their two guys. So you got Cole one, Kluber two. Tanaka is going to the damn Korean leagues or, or Taiwan. He's not going to be in the MLB next year. He's not? Mm, no. They're gonna, I mean, that's not 100%, but the Lakuten Monkeys are looking into signing him. He's, he, I, I don't think he'll be in the Major League Baseball uh, next year. Um, they've got ah, that short guy that I kind of like, whose name I forget. And then they've got uh, Germain, who's okay, but not great. So, I, you know, I think that the main... Isn't Luis Sessa kind of looking to be a starter for them? What about Severino? Is he uh, healthy? I don't know. He's, no, I don't think he is. I think he's, like, just sort of disappearing. <laughs> it's like because nobody watches him anymore. But I... He's like I, I'm getting the impression that he had some physical problems, and then kind of hasn't been able to come back from them. Right. Nobody really seems to be talking about him, and I'm kind of like Luis Severino was one of the he was good. So he was I'm never kind of, he I, wasn't I think that's something I think he, he just kind good. of fell off and doesn't give a shit, and they're like, all right, fuck it. Uh, me, we talk about this a lot on the podcast. Luis Severino was never good. He was a garbage he was pitcher. Good. He had like he, was he had like two good months and that's it. And everyone's mm. like, oh my god, he's the next Roger Clemens or whatever the fuck. And he was never good. He like he had like a good quarter of a season and that's it. I feel like I watched him pitch over three seasons and on a couple occasions he did not pitch well. But I saw I watched him pitch in a couple situations and he was. I mean, he had some. He was pretty fucking nasty when he was on, and I don't know. I mean, I, I you know, I can't speak to his numbers because I don't, I don't really know. But he, I was always thought he was actually a pr- pretty legit. I always thought he was a legit pitcher whose results didn't bear the true quality that he possessed. Debbie Garcia is the pitcher. That's who I was thinking of. That's who I was thinking of. No, I think he might be okay. I think I, I think they're going to be overhyped. I think you'll have Cole one, Kluber two, and then what? Pencil in Severino three if his arm doesn't fall off. No Tanaka. No Tanaka, and then you've got Debbie Garcia and. What about Jordan? Zim- was it Zimmerman or something like that? Mm. Don't they have a Jordan? Jordan Montgomery. Jordan Montgomery. That's Jordan who it is. Montgomery. Yeah, he's not good. No, the Yankees are trash. I think I think we're missing the main point here is that everybody fucking hates the Yankees because the Yankees everybody are fucking trash. Yeah. All how, about, how about AL East champion Toronto Blue Jays? Yeah, I'm excited about the Blue Jays. I like I think the Blue Jays and well, I guess the Rays are I don't know what the hell the Rays are doing, but they they yeah Blue Jays seem cool. What was there was uh, George Springer and then what was the other one? Simeon. That's right. <clears throat> that guy's legit. He's come. I think he's. I think he's only coming into his true ability. He's been kind of had holes in his game for years leading up to like last year. I think he's kind of was. I think really that, breaking out, and I think that's con- going to continue. I I I agree with that. I think that's a big move for them. I think Toronto is where talent goes to die. So. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. I, uh, Will they be playing in Buffalo? 
Yeah, Maybe. they could be the best team in New York. Right. Are the they playing? We do we know? I think they're planning on it because I don't think the nation of Canada will let anyone back in to their country from you know where the the plague zone. Probably at I think least Arizona is single handedly going to cancel the MLB season though. Just the state of Arizona is going to cancel. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, probably. at least the beginning of the season, they'll be in Buffalo. <laughs> so the Blue Jays have the best rotation and the Yankees are trash. I think so. Okay. Here's my question. What's the opposite of a house flipper? Right? Because I feel like that's what the Tampa Bay Rays are. Where mm-hmm. they like, buy guy, buy young prospects, turn them good, and then flip them for profit and then just pocket the money and don't invest it in a new house or anything like that. Because I'm still mad at the Tampa Bay Rays for going to the World Series last year and then stripping it all down and starting over literally the next year. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck that is. But it is... but they kind of did that a little. They they do that historically. They've been doing that, and they got to a good place. So I don't know. Fuck it. I trust them. I, I was just disappointed because like they were clearly the best team in the AL East last year. Right. I knew <clears> in the AL. Wait, 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 wait. We're talking 2019. 2020, 2020 is what I was talking. I don't remember that year. Well, right, <laughs> right. Wasn't a real year. Wasn't a real year. It's the year of Tampa Bay sports. <coughs> what the fuck it is? <laughs> yeah. See exactly more reason why it didn't fucking happen. Yeah. Well, we got to move on, but I just want to say one last thing about this, and that is that this is the first time since Chaim Bloom took over as the Red Sox president that they've made actual improvements to the team, mm-hmm. uh, and so that. You know, I don't think the Red Sox are going to be competitive in the AL East this year, but, you know, we're a better team this year than we were last year. Um, And I think that in certain cases, you know, like Kiki Hernandez is a huge upgrade at second base. We got that guy from the Rays who's going to be good in the outfield as an outfield piece. And then if this guy from the Yankees can even be... as good as he was last year, and he was terrible last year. He was bad last year. He was really good in 2019. Right. But even if he's as bad as he was last year, he'd still be better than anyone we have in our bullpen. So. Right. Uh, and we just picked up a like deep starter, which who could be helpful. Because starting pitching depth was something that we didn't have. Yeah. Now, I could pet Boston a third-place team maybe in the division right now. Maybe. All right, let's talk about... All right, so I'm going to take the last one. The final voting for the MLB Hall of Fame was tonight, and no new members passed the threshold for induction. This means that players like Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and Kurt Schilling edge one year closer to losing their eligibility for the Hall. And Schilling, after learning that several voters asked to rescind their votes for his due due to his support for the violent overthrow of our democratically elected government, has formally asked to have been taken off the ballot for 2022 question well my question is is what the hell are we going to do next year when this year's already such a shit show but then we add a rod and i forget who else they were saying was going to get behind it but it was somebody else that was uh, found to be very A-Rod distasteful it. um 
Yeah, let me look that up. There's one other. I can't figure it out because I don't know how to look at the internet. But, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but uh, yeah, it's like, what the fuck is going on with the Hall of Fame ballot right now? And again, it's, it's, it's only going to get worse going forward. I saw a, a hot take on the internet that was basically like, I think Joel actually might have retweeted it or something. It was somebody basically saying like, maybe the Hall of Fame is not made for these times. <laughs> Man, I'm trying to look it up because I, I was talking to somebody about it. Um, first of all, Coach showing cuts his pizza into squares. Yeah, straight up. But, yeah. And but, he believes in QAnon. <laughs> definitely believes in QAnon. And my thing, like, the the Hall of Fame is one of those annual sporting events that gets so much talk about, basically because it's, you know, the, the baseball writers who it's about, so they get to choose to talk about it constantly, that has minimal impact on the actual sport of baseball, like relative to how much people fucking talk about it, which just, like, frustrates me to no end. Okay, you guys want to hear who's first on the, like, first year on the ballot next year? Yeah. Ryan Vogelsong, Javier Lopez, Jeff Francoeur, Colby Lewis, Billy Butler, Matt Thornton, Omar Infante, Ryan Howard, uh, Angel Pagan, Kyle Loesch, AJ Przinsky, Jonathan Papelbon, Juan Uribe, Tim Lincecum, Scott Casimir, Michael Bourne, Joe Nathan, Prince Fielder, Marlon Bird, Justin Morneau, Coco Crisp, Jake Peavy, Carl Crawford, Jimmy Rollins, Mark Teixeira, David Ortiz, A-Rod. That's yeah. it. You can't... Oh, man, I, I, for, I feel bad now because what I think that after hearing that list, there's a few people on it that are pretty shitty. Wasn't, isn't there? There's a whole bunch of shit coming out about Omar Vizquel. Yeah, he's on it this year, but yeah. Uh, uh, domestic violence, I think. Uh, yeah, well, and AJ Pierzynski is like the worst person that ever happened in the whole world. Right. Well, also, well, some of these people, like, I don't, see, I don't see how Coco Crisp has any business being on the Hall of Fame ballot. Like, he, he, was a fine, he was a fine player, but not like, you know, I don't feel like he was an all-star, like a, a Hall of Famer by any stretch of the imagination. You know, and the problem with Coco Crisp is that I always confuse him with Milton Bradley, who is like an active asshole. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, who's, I don't even know who Kyle Loesch is. He was a pitcher for the Cardinals or something like that. Mm. For a while. That oh, he sucked. Do you get them confused because they're both serial names? <laughs> Coco Crisp and Milton Bradley? Yeah, no, I so, don't know why. Isn't Milton Bradley the, the like, <laughs> Monopoly? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's the ga- it's a ga- it's a game company and a breakfast cereal and it's <laughs> shitty. So my thing is, uh, and I'll do this just to kind of point in that Hank Aaron died, and I shared with you guys that graph of, you know, Hank Aaron is one of I think four players in the 600 home run 3,000 hit club, 
Oh, that was something. Yeah, that's a cool graph. I'll try to show it. It was pretty cool. But one of the other guys is Alex Rodriguez. And, yeah. you know, we dunk on Alex Rodriguez a lot on the show. He was at the uh, inauguration looking like a fucking tool, like watching his wife sit out of He's just the most ridiculous guy in the goddamn world. He doesn't know what he's doing at the inauguration. Yeah. But I really want Jennifer Lopez to leave Alex Rodriguez for Bernie Sanders. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But, like, Alex Rodriguez is on that list, and he's, what, top five hitter of all time? Yeah, if not number one. And so, again, the baseball writers, because they're a bunch of douchebags, have written themselves into a corner here because they you they you unanimously yeah unanimously voted in Derek Jeter, who sucks compared like you can't unanimously vote in Derek Jeter on the first ballot and say like oh sorry Aaron you did PEDs that one time we're not gonna <laughs> we're gonna fucking ignore you you're like the baby the one of the top five best baseball players of all time. But, you know, and a bunch of other people got caught doing the same shit, too, yeah. by the way. Like, they have no standing here. They're, they're totally like, okay, so we, we should just ignore what they think because they're morons. That That's what's making me all mad. I think what's interesting is about that list is that Rafael Palmero is so far up there. I forgot that guy was so fucking good. And Sam, you and I have talked about this. Um, I know we got to wrap it up, but David Ortiz is going to be a big uh, measuring stick for the voters on this one. I think he gets it. I think he gets in. I think he does too. Partially, I mean, because he's great and I love David Ortiz, but he like was a media friendly guy, right? He's big pappy. Everybody loves him. He's got all the great memories in the World Series and the ALCS. I contend it's so good. Well, I, you know, like he has, he has numbers, like he has 500 home runs, right? Which is, which is like one of the benchmarks for um, getting into the Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? So he has that already. But then, like, on top of that, he has all of these, like, postseason records, you know, which... Are we talking about David Ortiz at this point? David yeah. Ortiz, yeah. Um, which I think, you know, boosts his... Like, I think he has the highest batting average in the World Series of all time or something like that. Well, and my point is, he's got narrative, right? Right. You have media memories of him yeah those home runs and winning dramatic games so he adds to like the history and the the legacy of major league baseball in that way like david ortiz is david ortiz is already in the hall of fame in a number of capacities yeah but but because that gets back to like yeah why, why do we need to vote him in that's a good point well he showed up on a uh PED list from yeah. like before from the before times kind of yeah well I mean he was like I don't think yeah I think people yeah, yeah. people just don't like Billy Bonds because he was a joke to them one time when they tried to interview him 
in the dugout after he beat the Diamondbacks three to one, and yeah. he, like that's why they don't vote for him. That I agree with you. Anyway, but fuck Coach Schilling. Fuck oh Coach wait, I... <laughs> fuck Kurt Schilling. What was the other? Yeah, yeah. Fuck Kurt Schilling. <laughs> fuck the Yankees. Fuck the Yankees. They should vote for A-Rod. What, but see, once they start letting in these guys like A-Rod and David Ortiz, it's going to do like a back. It, then they're going to like start looking at guys they were locking out who are still eligible. Maybe Barry Bonds will be past his 10 years by then, which would be weird. The other like one, if Barry Bonds isn't going in, it's kind of like... Then what good is it? If you don't have Pete Rose and Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame, what the fuck good is the Hall of Fame? Yeah, I will also say that I realized the other day that I think Alex Rodriguez has actually improved my opinion of him in his post-playing career. I don't know why. <laughs> like, he's still such a fucking douche, but, like, I'm like, for some reason, he's kind of like, at least he's just, like, walking around being a douche in a dumb suit with, like, cleaning up after J-Lo. It's like, well, you know, he's sort of a dipshit like I always thought he was instead of, like, winning baseball games. Yeah, and always just saying random, I don't know. Stupid, cliche crap, dude. He's just so full of shit. He's, he's like a walking example of how you can be a brilliant baseball player who really doesn't know much about baseball. <laughs> you just repeat, like, old sayings that people told you in certain, like, in appropriate situations where you're still wrong, but at least it, like, makes sense with the surroundings. <laughs> Actually, A-Rod, that makes no sense in this context. <laughs> but you know what? It's still better than that time you tried to hit the ball out of Jason Veritek's hand. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, all right, good. Well, it's the middle of January, end of January. Hopefully... Almost this- spring. <laughs> Almost spring. Wait, the sunset after 5 o'clock today. <laughs> About three weeks till pitchers and catchers are supposed to report. If we have spring training, allegedly, allegedly, yeah, we're gonna have to talk about that. Uh, rest in peace, Hank Aaron. We had a lot we could talk about him, but you know, other people have probably talked about that more intelligently than we have. The fact that he is so unequivocally like the best baseball player of all time is pretty kind of heavy. That was- Look at that graph. Just looking where he is at that graph in terms of hits oh. and runs is amazing. Yeah. yeah, and but but the other part about that was that he the he ran the bases really well and he was a good defender at the early, right? Yeah, and he was interviewed by Larry King, who also died this week. Yeah, rest in peace, Larry King. He apparently was a pretty okay guy. Yeah, big huh. Dodger fan. He was always sitting back there with like he always had like a wife who looked really bored. <laughs> <laughs> But he was always, like, right in the corner of the camera. Like, you could see him the whole game. And he was just sitting there, and Larry fucking King. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Dump on the um, Ostensibly a Baseball Podcast. Uh, make sure you give us a rating, a review, and a subscription on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. With Thomas and Sam, my name is Joel. Have a good evening and a pleasant tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe you can show me how to Maybe